So, good evening. Any question tonight? Yes. Um, I was thinking uh, that uh, many people come to um, Krishna consciousness and somehow expect uh, ideal society, and then when they kind of find out that devotees are uh, not all pure devotees or whatever are not ideal and material servants, then uh, they leave. And maybe you could say something about how to avoid this trap. Like we know it's the highest philosophy, but sometimes uh, um, down to earth terms uh, uh, it's not ideal. And well, I think it's a question of understanding the philosophy. Um, and uh, that's a nice sentiment, but it, that it doesn't correspond that well with the, with the teaching in the Gita. I think we cited this the other night. Manushanam sahasre shu You find similar in Bhagavatam. What is the verse? Muktanam apisidhanam narayana parayana. So it means that that devotees of Krishna are rare. Um, so, and for that matter, we only have to look at ourselves, what we're bringing, you know, to the uh, to the to the group, if it's a group that you're joining, and uh, we, we should certainly be aware that we ourselves are. A work in progress. Why should we expect that others in the fold would not also be work in progress? I think the real um, contradiction. See, that's not a contradiction. That, that's to be expected if you if you're a little thoughtful and, um, and so on. Uh, but where the problem comes is when the leadership is is not of a standard that is to be expected and is positioned as as such. I think that's a real uh, philosophical contradiction. Whereas uh, the idea that I'm going to join a group of devotees and it's, we're going to, everything's going to be um, um, ideal, it's an ideal lifestyle and association, so for this is 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 is, is naive. Hmm. And it's it's uh, it's not based on uh, thinking it out very well and understanding the rarity, and even like I say, even evaluating one's own position, and then thinking, well, why should we think that others who joined a year ago or two years or a month before or something like that are not also work uh, in progress? And uh, for that matter, also. But besides institutions, uh, sanghas, and so forth, we see that the lives of devotees in the Bhagavatam are fraught with uh, difficulties, and they find themselves in less than ideal situations repeatedly, almost um, as the norm. Hmm. The Pandavas were exiled. They were, um, in so many ways, they were abused. Hmm. Perlad was abused. Uh, these type of examples, and there are many of them, um, that repeatedly uh, show themselves 
in the Bhagavatam um, we cited last night or the last discussion we had um, the the fact that Narayan is said to as Hari take away that which is um, the devotee's attachment and and which they're deriving some sense of stability from <laughs> materially and, and as a result putting them in difficult situations. Hmm. Prabhupada used himself as an example and he was in a difficult situation. He came to New York, he didn't know where to stay. Um, he, he, he roomed up with somebody and the guy, you know, attacked him in the middle of the night. He had to run out. He's on the streets and so forth. So um, there are so many examples like this that we pay a little attention and I think that we should expect that the life of devotion is going to have its challenges. It's going to have its challenges physically for us, it's going to have challenges mentally for us, it's going to have challenges um, in terms of interactions with others. Prabhupada told us, don't be surprised who leaves, be surprised who stays. Hmm? Um, So those hints are there (laughs) if one is uh, paying attention. Um, You know, it's a a great um, challenge and, and journey. The ultimate um, adventure, uh, if you will, and um, so it won't be won't be easy. So, you, kind of what you're talking about is a, is, a, is along the lines of thinking it will be easy, and, and I'm going to step into a group, and everyone's going to be perfect, and so forth. Um, and uh, it's, like I say, it's, it's rather naive now that the leadership should be ideal, that's to be expected. So when that is not in place, or when that's out of order, then there's a real cause for concern, and that contradicts the teaching. But again, to, to think that everybody in the group is going to be ideal, doesn't that does contradict, that, that thinking contradicts the teaching. Hmm. That, the, that the leadership should be ideal, that's to be expected. So... Uh, does that help? Mm. And again, you know, if you reflect on our own selves, then we should expect others are in a similar situation. And and uh, Prabhupada used to give the example of someone in the shower is not clean, but they're in the shower. So, you know, if, if the water's on and they're putting on the soap, you can't really complain that you're, you're dirty, you know. So the idea is that people should be applying themselves, of course, in such a way that it really constitutes the, that they're they're involved in the cleansing. If they're not, you know, that's a problem. But then again, there is a stage of bhakti that we sometimes refer to as a as a learning curve, anishta bhajana kriya. I mean, it's built into the system. There is a stage, and to get over that stage, it takes some time. So you're going to have most of the devotees are going to be in, in, in that. Um, stage where their their practice isn't steady. They don't know the teachings well enough. They have not understood them well enough, and and so they they, they have to get off course in that way, where they've even understood, but nonetheless they have their conditioning, and it sometimes causes them to turn turn left instead of right, and they lament afterwards and so forth. So this is built into the system. 
So it's to be expected, and Mahaprabhu has also called on us to be tolerant in, in no small measure, like a tree. Mm-hmm. So the onus is on, that's what we're entering into. Yeah. We may find intolerance in others, but that's not the cause for us, that's the opportunity for us to be tolerant. <laughs> so um, sometimes, that's another side of it, there are negatives in our association that serve as um, negative impetus to be better and a strong underlying or under, underscoring of how not to be. I mean, I mean, I had a lot of experience like that with uh, other devotees, that they were really good association in terms of how not to be. <laughs> and so sometimes, you know, those lessons need to be really driven home. <laughs> And I had a good lot, a good number of them there. So I think it's a little, a little naive to think like that. One sets oneself up, so to speak, for disappointment. Um, of course, you're optimistic. You join a group, and, and then you start. You find out here and there, but you, you find your way. And I think if the leadership is strong and and properly situated, then all the difficulties with others can be put in perspective, and for the most part. Overcome. That said, in the context of tolerating, which again is the mandate of Mahaprabhu, I like to remind um, everyone that there's also a mandate of finding or creating a favorable environment for oneself in terms of one's practice. So the mandate for tolerance is not just to stay anywhere in any situation. Um, there's many examples of devotees picking up, moving, and changing their situation. Uh, the Goswamis found ideal situations for themselves in Vrindavan, beautiful settings and so forth, to practice um, and set an example. So, um, both things, these two apparently opposites, they, they, they work together. They have to be balanced out. I should tolerate, but the, the I can do something to change my situation, so I should do that. And that may mean that that I, within a group, I only am close to certain people. Or it may mean that I don't find a group that's conducive. But if I have an ideal, an example of a um, uh, advanced devotee to follow, and in the in the present, then I think that 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 is what we're really um, looking for in the group support and this and that is, is extra, if you will. And it, 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 it may work for some, it may not work for others. And, and, and for different reasons, for good reasons or for not good, good, good reasons. Um, or for, for reasons that don't, when I say, I don't mean not good reasons, but for reasons that are not, that are only particular to a certain person in their psychology certain person in their psychology that, that, that they carry with them and so forth, and they make it difficult for them to be in a group. It doesn't necessarily mean the group is bad, but it may mean that it's bad for them, that it has an effect on them that's less than supportive, which is its ideal, which is, which is what it's you know f- supposed to be. And so we have to honor that situation for that person, and then they may have to live uh, separately on account of that. But again, if they have... The teacher, the guru, the sadhu, 
real Vaishnav in their lives, um, then um, that's the most important thing, and, I, and, and, and that can kind of balance out the other, perhaps, hopes, ideals, expectations. You know, you, you, you'll read something like Jaiva Dharma, and there's this seems like this ideal situation. You go to this Baba, and the next morning you're talking with that one, and they're all painful basis to one another and so forth. And, and, it, it, and then we, we hear of the times of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates and so forth. It seems very ideal and alive. I mean, I'm sure it was, but these are all, you know, eternal associates of Mahaprabhu. And it does break down, you know, as, as, as time goes on in terms of who will be joining um, and what they bring with them. You can't really fault anybody, if you can fault anybody, it's a fault in the Dinandapu. He's bringing all kinds of, you know, um, people with all kinds of baggage to the mission. So we can't get upset with him. But we can work around, be, be wise um, with regard to association. Association which we'll thrive in is advanced devotees who are affectionate, uh, Towards us, and who are um, uh, of a similar mind, of a similar, ultimately of a similar sentiment, would be ideal. And then it could be translated also into a similar uh, psychology, I mean, cultural background, even that enables, that, that fosters um, intimacy or a more natural connection. Hmm? That's why you find these statements in Hari Bhakti Vilas that, that if a sudra should be initiated by a sudra, a Brahman should be initiated by a Brahman. Hmm. Um, the, the idea is really that one should be initiated by a qualified devotee <laughs> from anywhere, in any place. But if you can get one that's also relatively, that's the absolute perspective of consideration, from the relative perspective that can also match up, speaks my language, or from, this, from the, say from the Western world, and as Western sensibilities like mine, then many things can be understood just by gesture and without effort. And, and, and conversely, you get an, an, an older, you know, grandpa, Indian guru, you, you, you may, there, there may be, from a cultural and um, psychological perspective, the, the communications may be burdened and they may be misunderstood and so forth more readily. So, you want to match up on the absolute and have a qualified group. If you can match up on the relative, this all has something to do, arguably, with favorable association, like-mindedness. We can say like-mindedness is the same rasa. We can say like-mindedness is you know, the same culture, or within the same culture, they're, or we could say from a brahminical kind of temperament or a... a, a a labor type of temperament and so forth. Uh, there's different ways to talk about it, but um, like-mindedness and affectionate, hmm, this kind of association we should gravitate towards. And in, I mean, we have a small group, and a large group usually can find a couple people, and, and that makes up for the rest of the group <laughs> that you can't get as close with. If you have a smaller group, then, well, it becomes a little more uh, less limited than in one sense, um, but at any rate, uh, at any rate, we you know we have something 
to do with it all. We can change. We can we can be the change that we'd like to see in others, and, and we we can if, if we come in with an ideal of what the sangha should be like. And it's not like that. It's not a reason for us not to be like that. Hmm? And so you know the sangha is made up of its members. So. So if you want to be a member and you, and you wanted it to be a certain way, then then make it that way. Certainly, your Gurudev wants it to be like that, and has, has that in mind and so forth. So, if you can clearly see it's not, that's not necessarily a a, a reason for being disappointed, but for seeing oh, there's some service to be done here that, that I have to um, pick up and. Uh, Set that kind of example. Does that help? Mm-hmm. Uh, could you also say something more? Because, like, um, ideal leadership can be understood uh, sometimes very materially. Yeah, that's true. Ideal leadership, um, you know, uh, leadership is a certain is is. is is a certain um, quality, in a sense, from a organizing people type, you know, perspective, kind of a managerial um, consideration. Ideal leadership knows how to manage, organize, and uh, interact with people, and, and, and so on. Bring the most out of them. And, that kind of thing. And every spiritual leader is not an ideal leader in that sense. It doesn't have leadership qualities. Indeed, uh, uh, the rabbinical kind of disposition is not particularly a leadership disposition. Bhagavad Gita was apparently had a very rabbinical disposition, and Kunjababa, who later became Tirtamarj, had a leadership type of Disposition, which which means you have to be a little thick-skinned, you know, you have to be able to say no, that's bad, don't do that, and you go over here and you go over there, and people don't like the management. So, no matter how good the leadership is, somebody's going to find fault in it, and somebody has to be tough-skinned enough to take that and not be bothered by that, and know that I'm leading and properly lead and organize in relation to the ideals of the uh, of the guru and and so forth and. So, yes, leadership, um, when we speak of spiritual leadership, we speak really not necessarily of someone who has group leadership characteristics, and if we're expecting that, we might find that he or she is not that good at that, Um, but who leads the way in terms of the example of a bhakti. And such a leader should know the teachings, obviously, and be able to comprehensively um, answer our doubts and uh, and um, explain and teach. So, in one sense, teaching this kind of leadership. Then again, some spiritual leaders may not be teachers. I don't think Gorka Shordas Babaji was really much of a teacher, in a sense. We can say he was, in an abstract sense, but um, I don't think he was, in a more practical sense, really uh, a teacher. 
but he was the leader in the Bhaktisiddhanta Sarastikaku spiritually. So ultimately, it means who has spiritual uh, standing and um, in whom we can, we, we feel that we are spiritually um, sheltered, we can get the, our questions answered and and we can uh, see in that person an example of um, traction for Krishna and so on and so forth. I mean, and then again, um, as far as leading a mission, that's all extra. There don't have to be missions. Hmm? Institutions and so on and so forth. But um, if there if there is, out of compassion, to try to help the world and the devotees to have structure and support and so on and so forth, then uh, someone like myself, I'm, I'm not a manager, but I think the devotees need ashrams, and so we, we, we try to put it together somehow or other. And, and, and certainly some people have suffered at, the, at my <laughs> probably lack of management. And my, I have these ideals, and then there's not enough people to do them. <laughs> so sometimes here, for example, Madhavan in the early days, but I was there also doing everything. It was hard work. <laughs> at least I was there also going down the river and fixing the microhydro and so on and so forth. Um, somebody else might have been a better manager and tried to manage in a different way but but at any rate um, that's all secondary so yeah so ultimately what do we mean by spiritual leadership we mean that a person um, we can sense the measure of their faith is great Mm -hmm. it's deep Mm -hmm. shraddha nishjaya deep faith and uh, and enough taste to be able to engage in shastra yukti and make make sense out of the scripture and time and circumstance and and, and, and so forth in a dynamic way apply the teaching and uh, and shabde pare tanishnatam who's really acquainted with the theistic. Um, conclusions of the sacred text and this means of course in relation to our our tradition so these are the important things subday parajanishnatam brahmani upashamashrayam heard well understand the teaching and and sets a spiritual example which means at least visibly it means that has risen above the uh, animal you know, drives and passions that's living in kind of equi balance. Hmm? Um, the basic yogic kind of uh, sensibility. This is, I like to cite the, the prayer of the poem of Rudyard Kipling, the If Poem, as you know, I've cited it different times. It's very much a, a, the, it speaks about the, the equi balance of. Of, of basic spiritual standing, if you have this and this, if you can be amongst the wealthy and not forget, you know, your the common people, something like that, and not be taken either side or the other. It's a nice poem. Mm-hmm. Goes through many opposites and so forth, so that to be, be in balance with regard to the opposites, raga, dvesha, samuttena. Mm-hmm. 
So to be, this is somewhat visible, if you will, and the control of the senses and so forth. These things are supernatural. That balance is is supernatural because the natural situation is that it is driven by them, taken up, taken down, and and so forth. But if you see that the person is, in spite of ups and downs, and is going a continued course of Krishna Anushilanam and so forth. I mean, you can't, you might say, well, he's dancing with Krishna inside, but you can say all you want, but you can't see that. So you you look for visible symptoms. This is practical, and that's what this Bhagavatam verse I'm citing speaks about. Hmm? That and uh, evidence that, that the person knows well the theoretical scriptural argument. That's very important because that's how we we remove the doubts because the basic faith that enables us to tread the path in the first place is the faith that that in revelation and and it, and the, the, the bhakti conclusion of revelation. And within the context of that the idea that there are certain things that can only be known by scripture. By, by revelation. And so, therefore, the doubts, if you will, are raised and answered by appropriately citing the scripture and employing Shastriyukti, or the scriptural logic. Hmm? And, you know, once you do that, if you have a question and I answer it and I give you example, this Prahlad, that, Hanuman, that, Bhagavad Gita says this, and this, uh, Questions answered. If you come the next morning and ask the same question, you know, then I don't have time for you. I've already answered the question. You don't have faith. You have to do, so, do something else to get faith. You've got an emotional attachment. You're supposed to hear. This is what the scripture says definitively. Okay, then that's the course I will take. That's that's the way I should go. That's how we should proceed. So he or she, the guru, needs to know. Be acquainted with that, hmm? and he, he, he can't ask a question. He says, "Stop speculating." Hmm? Boo. Next question. <laughs> Sometimes they try to bamboozle us like that. What the? Oh. <laughs> Does that help? Yeah. So, what are the expectations of the of the leadership then? Because we do have wrong expectations sometimes. Hmm. And that's a recipe for disappointment. Well, what else? Small group tonight. Yes? Can you say something about the relationship with Vishwambara and Chinana and Between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chinana? Or Vishwambara the name? Or... Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, that will be coming up in our reading. It's come up briefly, but Ilambar um, Chakravarti was the maternal grandfather of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sachimata's father, and he was an astrologer and wise, too. Um, I think that 
Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya was schoolmate associated with him, and so they were learned Brahmins. And, um, and he was a Jyotish astrologer. So um, before the child was born, there was a problem in that he had been in the womb for 13 months. So he did an astrological calculation and said he's coming in this month, and, and indeed he did. Now, as the text and the narrative uh, proceeds in the next chapter, we'll hear about the, the early childhood pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nilam of Chakravarti will will do the birth chart and weigh in astrologically and from an astrological and from a physiological physiological physiognomical <laughs> in terms of astrology and physiognomy both of which are thought to be superstitious today just superstition mm-hmm. we had some talk about the astrological um, influences earlier um, here and why there uh, is not such good cause to dismiss it and simply with physiognomy too I mean, physiognomy is basically um, the index is the, the face is the index of the mind is if I can look at you you're sad you're happy um, so that's just common sense and um, um, well, well, we'll talk about it as it comes, but at any rate, uh, in the reading, but he looked at the child from the point of view of astrology and physiognomy, and then he concluded his name should be Vishwambar. Mm-hmm. And the implication of that is that, that, he, that he's God, because Vishwambar, Vishwa means the universe, Vishwambar means who sustains the universe. So, that's the position of Vishnu. He's the sustainer of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Brahma's the creator. Shiva's the annihilator. And both of those influences or powers um, are derived mm-hmm. from Vishnu. Mm-hmm. And he, unto himself, is the sustainer, maintainer of the universe. So it's a, it's a, a name with some Aishwarya to it, mm-hmm. Vishwambar speaks about the godhood of the child that will be overridden by the, the devotional sentiments of the devotees, like Sita Thakurani, who called them Nitai, the ladies who call them Gorhari, Gorchandra, and, and these uh, sweet names that don't have any Aishwarya in them, hmm? by which we more um, tend to Refer to him. That said, of course, there's there's also a way of looking at the Vishwambar Mishra as his as a, as a name that's his. It's not with Aishwarya. That's his first name, and that's who he is. And, and these other names, Gorhari, speaks about he's God. You know, he's golden, the golden Hari, or you know, he's Nimai Pandit. He's learned. So there's a way of looking at it from a from Madhuri or a sweet point of view. As well, but this is basically the meaning. Now that said, hmm, Vishwa, Vishnu maintains the world in a way that's different than the way that Mahaprabhu maintains or sustains, or you could say nourishes the world. So, this name, Vishwambar, in the verbal root, Dubrin. Yeah, 
uh, was brought up in the Mongol Charn uh, of um, Kaviraj Goswami, in his own commentary on his Mongol Charn, maybe in relation to um, the um, the one, I think, to the fourth verse, Anar Pitacharim Charat this verse speaks about Kali Yuga, among other things. It speaks about Mahaprabhu's benediction, Ujvala Rasa, Unata Ujvala Rasa, and so on and so forth. But uh, it speaks of that being bestowed at a particular quality of time that we call Kali Yuga. Hmm? And so with the Kali Yuga comes the idea of the Yuga Avatar, and so in his commentary, this side of Mahaprabhu uh, comes up. Yuga Avatar is is the uh, Avatar Vishnu for expressing the compassion for the jivas that are in difficulty in in, in the face of material nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking about that Yuga Avatar side of Mahaprabhu and referring to him as Vishwambar. And explaining the verbal root of the name, he, of course, explains that this Yuga Avatar has a certain background, and so he nourishes or sustains the world in a different way, by way of, of Premarasa through Namsankirtan. By giving Namsankirtan as a garland to the world that's woven together with Prem. So, in other words, the result of the Yuga Dharma of, of Namsan Kirtan is not the same result that you would normally get, which would be deliverance to Vaikuntha, but rather that you would develop, rather than mukti, the Gaudiya word prem. Although there is a prem in Vaikuntha, prem is a word that the Gaudiyas primarily use to refer to the full face of love that has all of its various expressions in Golok and not in Braj and not in, in Vaikuntha. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will give this kind of praying to the world through Namsankirtan. Hmm? And in this way he nourishes the word the world. Um, and Nityananda of course is Nitya um, is I mean he's the, the giver of eternal Bliss. He, he, he turns our attention to Mahaprabhu to take advantage of everything that he has come to distribute. So, does that help? Yes, I, I, um, I actually meant to say Vishparup. Vishparup? <laughs> ah, okay, Vishparup. Okay, Vishparup, that makes more sense. Yeah, Vishparup is, we're very relational Nityananda. Vishparup is the elder brother of Nityananda, and he's been mentioned because in the recent discussions because with the descent of Mahaprabhu is said first or prior to it comes his Guru Varga, including the elders. So we're talking about Sachi and Jagannath. Krishna mentioned of course that they had seven daughters that passed away at birth and then there was one son that um, survived and and he was named Vishwarup and of course he took sannyas and so forth. So he is um an incarnation of the, of, of Ananta Sesh. when when Balaram when when Krishna when Devaki had uh, 
her different sons were born and killed by Kamsa, then the, the seventh son appeared to be a miscarriage. Right? Devaki appeared to have a miscarriage. But the Bhagavatam explains that Yoga Maya arranged for a, a parcel manifestation of Balaram, which is Anantasesh, to appear in the heart of Devaki and prepare the ground for Krishna's appearance. Hmm? Like Haldar, the bearer of the plow, makes the field fertile so that the seeds can be planted. So this, in some respects, is the role of Balaram or Ananta. So Balaram is, of course, the full-fledged Balaram is the son of Rohini, appearing in, 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 in the Braj from Rohini, but his partial manifestation first appeared in Devaki, preparing the ground, then took shelter of Rohini and was born in Vrindavan. So, similarly, hmm, you know, Krishna, Krishna's brother is Balaram. Hmm? Okay. So I'm going to say, well, Nityananda Prabhu is not really the brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But neither is Balaram really the brother of Krishna. <laughs> He's born of Rahini hmm? and Vasudev. And Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, is born of Nanda Nishoda, hmm? not Vasudev and Devaki. So he's the brother by, by measure and evaluation of affection. Hmm? So who's your brother? This is the, go- the spiritual perspective. Who's your brother? Who's your mother? Who is the mother? Who is the father? Who is the... Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Raghunandan and his father... I forget his name. Who's the father and who's the son? And the father answered, Raghunandan is the father. I am the son. Hmm? Because the, the bhakti of Raghunandan was exceeded that of his father. And by that, taught the father something about bhakti. Mahaprabhu was very pleased with the answer. So, uh, it's true that these relationships based on blood, from our perspective, were very arbitrary. Hmm? You have to love your brother because he's got the same blood. But if you, what if you don't like him? What if he's not, you know? Uh, so, but... But there are the real relationships that are based on actual affection. Hmm? So that my own son may be, may be um, um, you know, misbehaved and disrespectful. A neighbor's son may always come over and help out and water the lawn and whatever. And so I may develop for him the neighbor may say he's actually your son yeah so this is kind of the law in Gaudiya Vaishnava how we make how we how we ultimately make the determination that Krishna is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda not the son of Vasudeva and Devaki there are other ways to analyze it from the verses and the grammar and so forth and so on but the but ultimately Devaki herself confesses at Kurukshetra when, after a long time, Krishna is united with Yashoda and, Mother, and Devaki sees the measure of her um, motherly affection and she admits in the Bhagavatam, he's, he's your son. Hmm? He's really, you raised him. He's, I can see that uh, 
your affection exceeds mine and so forth. So this is ultimately the law, if you will, or the way by which we make the determination. Krishna is the son of Nanda and Yashoda. Hmm? Their vatsalya is, is greater. Hmm? Now, uh, with Krishna and Balaram, we find the affection of brotherly affection. They're inseparable. Hmm? Balaram is the best friend of Krishna. And, but but by lineage and so forth, parental ties and so forth, they're not brothers. And similar is the case with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. Nityananda Prabhu is the son of of, of um, Padmavati and, and Hadai Pandit. Hmm? Mahaprabhu is from a different family, different village even. Hmm? Their ages are different. Hmm? Nityananda Prabhu... Older than 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 Balaram is older than Krishna. Balaram's one year older, but Nityananda is a little more, few more years older than than, than Chaitanya But at any rate, the way in which they connected with one another, Nityananda came to Nadia after being after gone traveling. He went traveling, like Balaram did to all the places of pilgrimage. Hmm? And um, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in the world, then he felt, he was in Vrindavan, and he felt that, uh, that Krishna was not present in any of the deities of Krishna. Hmm? Because Swayam Bhagavan was appearing somewhere else, and they were more present in him. So with his spiritual insight, of course, then he went to Nadia and... And then when, when they met, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, a great person has arrived in Nadia. Hmm? Go and search him out. No one could find them. him. And then he personally took them to Nandanacharya's house, I think it was, and, and, and there Nityananda sitting on the porch. And then they, they connected in such a way that everybody said, these are their brothers. Hmm? They, we can see their affinity for one another is like this. They, he's like, Nityananda is like the other self of Mahaprabhu. They, they actually saw them embrace and their faces changed. Chaitanya hmm? Mahaprabhu had the face of Nityananda and Nityananda had the face of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then they, 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 they had their epiphany, Krishna and Balaram. Hmm. Then it would recede, of course. Then it would come. Hmm? So, this carried over, of course, into the, into the uh, uh, experience of the elders. So Sachi saw Nityananda Prabhu like, like the brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Malini Devi also saw him like, like a son and, and, uh, and so forth. And so they are brothers by affection and, uh, and, and, and the Vishvarup, on the other hand, is like the manifestation of Ananta that appeared in Devaki to prepare the way for the appearance of Krishna. So, similarly, a partial manifestation of Nityananda Ram appeared in Sachi hmm, to prepare the way, and he was the actual, came before Chaitanya, he was the actual so-called brother, hmm, and that actual brother is a partial manifestation of Nityananda Prabhu. So Nityananda Prabhu is actually the real brother hmm? in that sense too. Do you follow? Okay. 
So, Vishvaruk was a saintly person, and he, like all of the good devotees, assembled at the house of Sri Advaita, Advaita Charja, Kijai. And there he would hold uh, the, kirst, the, the, the discourse from the Gita and the Bhagavatam, all stressing Ananya Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti, and he performed the Kirtan and so forth. And Madan Gopal deity is there. Hmm. That he brought from Vrindavan and so forth. This is here the, the main preaching center in in in, a, in Mandala, the go to Mandala, and so Vishvarup went there. And in due course, he got inspired and left home like a sannyasi. He went and took sannyas. So. Um, Sachi thought, due to the influence of Advaita, my son has taken sannyas. So she had some some quarrel with him that she didn't express it, but but she was feeling, thinking like that. Mahaprabhu could understand, of course. That's another story. And, and he told Sachi, "You've offended Advaita. Unless you make up for that, you cannot get the full frame that I've come to give." So. And she, in her mind, she said, oh, that's what he's talking about. She brought it out. Nobody thought, oh, that's not an offense. Mahaprabhu was pleased. He used her as an example. Hmm? So anyway, Vishvarup went and took sannyas and went to the South India. And when Mahaprabhu was in Puri as a sannyasi, then very quickly all the devotees developed attachment for him. And the idea of his going further to South India was, was not very appealing to them. But he made an appeal to them that was difficult for them to um, disapprove. Hmm? I mean, they said, you can do whatever you like, you're Swatantra Ishwar, a complete independent God, you're a sannyasi, you can go wherever you like, what can we say? But our own sentiments, if you ask us, you know, we would like you to stay. And so he was very much uh, under the influence of their affection, at the same time, he had a mission to teach and deliver, and this is the side of Mahaprabhu. So the way in which he made his case included his argument that that Vishvarup, my brother, has taken sannyas. I have to find him. Oh, if you're going to go find your brother, then okay. So, <laughs> sure, that makes sense. You know, they don't like to think of him as a sannyasi, but if you think of thinking of his family and friends and hometown. That's who we want, Nimai Pandit. Hmm? Not the sannyasi you can't get close to, and, and uh, he's manifesting all these ecstasies, and, and it's full of Aishvarya, the renunciation, and the knowledge, and so, so forth. So, we're going to go find your brother. Okay, well, that makes sense. This is, And then Mahaprabhu learned, I think he found the place where Vishvarupa left the world, and so forth. So. So this is the connection between Nityananda and Vishvarup. Hmm. What's the time? All right. I think we stop there. Shishi Krishna Balaram Kijai. Shi Madhavan Basis Kijai. Oh Bhakti Brindaki.